Jenny Quinton, welcome to Breakfast with Bobsey. Pleasure you. to have you here in our beautiful Coho neighborhood. Thank you for inviting me. On such me. a glorious day. It's beautiful. Hong Kong weather at its best, eh? Mm. I love it. Mm. I love it. Before we begin, I'm going to take my first sip of my first V coffee in over five weeks, I think. Yeah? Watch. Okay, let me see if anything's going to happen. Chocolate on the nose. Yum. So, plant-based coffee, biodegradable, compostable coffee cups, which has become a really big, big pet hate of mine in, in, in Hong Kong. So as you know, coffee cups can be recycled because they're 30% plastic. Mm. But this is the breakthrough one here. This paper lid. I was, I was actually feeling paper. it before. Yes, you would. Because it looks like plastic. It does the same job. It's exactly great. the same job, but it's made from paper. It's the Taiwanese who um, developed it. So it's the world's first fully paper cup lid. Yeah. Unbelievable. That's great. So we're very, very excited about this. So you can have your coffee and not generate waste. That's great. Or bring one of these. Or bring one of these, absolutely. Carry, you know, as you know, carry your coffee cup, your water bottle, your bamboo straw, your cutlery. And this, this was um, asked very passionately last night by the audience in the talk I was giving. Yeah. You know, why, why, why don't people bring their own utensils, be it BYOB or, you know, BYOC or whatever it is? Why don't restaurants offer discounts instead of, you know, giving us a hard time for wanting to give our lunch boxes and and they were very passionate you know the audience last night was amazing I was very impressed it's so simple I've got in here I've got chopsticks you know water bottle reusable water bottle lunchbox um, yeah little lunchbox yeah. full of noodles it's so easy isn't it mm, yeah. yeah so it's actually yes yeah, we it's just need to be aware we just need to have the awareness you know, saying last night, once you know fire burns, you stop sticking your fingers in fire, mm. right? Why do we keep using plastic? Why, why, why? We know the damage it's doing, right? It's crazy. Yeah, yeah. So there's such a big movement. There is. Happening against of which you're part. So, Jenny, um, I want to first congratulate you, if that's the right word, on being a pioneer of this movement in Hong Kong mm. and being um, a rock of consistency, dedication, commitment, compassion, Maybe a, Maybe a clod. <laughs> a rock <laughs> of, of this movement in Hong Kong. You're one of, clearly one of the pioneers. You've been at it for so long. And so tell me what, what inspires you and um, why do you do what you do? Because I guess there is so much to do and uh, I mean you can go all over the world and see there's so much to do all over the world yeah but in Hong Kong you know we're this far away from one another mm. really and yeah like I really wanted to work on the ferry this morning mm. <clears throat> but I you spend your time talking to all the people you know mm. and they're telling you what they're doing 
So my friend was has got a, br a, a brick making machine and making mud bricks. Oh, wonderful! And on Lenta. Yeah. So I mean, just so it's like, oh, I want a mud brick making machine, and and then the next conversation you have about somebody's garden, or the next one about the buffalo, or the. So it's continuous, yeah, it's continuous community yes. here. And this is why, you know, we could, we could go 24-7, couldn't we, with everybody and all their projects. And many lifetimes. <clears throat> many lifetimes. And probably will. I and probably will. <laughs> so, and the children. Yes. And the fact, you know, I don't know, we're nearly 2018. Mm. We were going to be doing a lot more in my head by 2018 mm. so that's a great wheel mm. that we're on it's, yes. but it's turning faster and bigger it and uh, and it's, it's the Millennials right it's the younger generation that's doing it for me I'm seeing yeah. I'm seeing change with them deep grounded compassionate change from a core belief that this is our planet and we are inheriting a big big mess and we don't want to be part of the problem we want to be part of the solution and they're getting younger and younger. Uh, our customers in Mana are getting younger and younger. Yeah. And therein uh, lies the hope. We have a play group now. Aha. Ark so, Eden. Yeah. We just of course, I want to ask you about Ark Eden. Yeah. Um, but first, let me just ask, why Hong Kong? When, when did you come to Hong Kong? What year was it? Do you remember? Yes. <laughs> no, I absolutely. It was because it was so pippa. It was 1989. So it was Tiananmen. Ah. And cool. I was uh, backpacking around. Ah. Actually, I had my residency in Australia. Right. So I was just doing one more little trip, and then I was going to go back and settle down, I don't know, be normal. And But I wanted to go to Tibet. Mm. But Tibet was closed because of Tiananmen. So yes. the plan was, let's just stop in Hong Kong for few weeks, few months, teach some English, do something, and then go to Tibet, and then go back to Australia. Mm. So then I arrived here and went to visit Lantau Island. It was the third week. Went to Lama first, oh. then Chengchao, second weekend, and then the third weekend went to Lantau. Mm. And it was the beginning of September, I think. It was really hot, but we decided to climb Sunset Peak. And then we got to the sort of countryside area there. And then there were these three little puppies in a plastic bag in the bin. So it was like, oh my goodness, we do need to find a place quickly because we've now got puppies. So to cut a long story short, by Monday we had an apartment <laughs> and we were living on Lantau Island. Mm. And then I think Lantau just got me. It was that I quick, was, was it? It was that quick. Three little puppies in a plastic bag changed your destiny. Yeah. Changed the course of your life. Yes, that's right. Amazing. Uh, was it easy to find an apartment back then? As in, you must have had the cash to put down the deposit. Yeah. Well, when we were walking, we met someone who I still know, who said, if you walk down to the gallery, you'll immediately you'll find people in that bar and someone there will probably know 
and we did. We walked down there. We actually gave one of the puppies away there, and then yeah, we Amazing. we had an uh, apartment. And we had a little apartment. But what really kept me in Lantau was three months later, uh, I found my house that I've been in 28 years. It's the same house you're in same now. Same house. Ooh, you found that in 1989. 1990. 1989. So the anniversary Ooh. of moving in is this week. So we always have a big party. We're having a big party on Saturday. 28 years in the valley. 28 years. Mm. Beautiful. Mm. Wow. So and that that's mm. what I admire about you, Jenny, is the consistency. You you found your valley. You dedicated your life to the valley. Mm. Right? You've cleaned up the valley. You've inspired change. You've planted trees, etc., etc. And it's called Ark Eden, and it, it's one of the most beautiful spots we have in Hong Kong. And I admire that about you, it's your consistency, your dedication, no matter what, you know? Zero dollars in the bank account, we don't care, we plow ahead. Whatever challenges come your way, you plow ahead. And that, that's most admirable, the girl of the valley. <laughs> but it is, I think, you know, if you yeah. just, if you carry on regardless, that's just quite a good, yeah, it's in a time of difficulty where we need to rise and shine, right? It's when we have no money that we need to be most generous. Mm. It's when, you know, we're completely deflated and, you know, disheartened and frustrated. That's when we need to stand up. And mm, mm. I think it's when you're, yeah, when you're on the edge. When it's like permaculture. When you're on the edge, yeah. it's your creative. It's the edge of chaos, yes. isn't it? And yeah. it's like when you've suddenly Change. got it. Yeah. Oh Change. my goodness, I've got to think of something. Change. And then. Amazing. Yeah, I think. But I, I don't want to be on the edge of chaos forever. No, you don't. <laughs> and you know, there comes a point as you get older and, and mature, and and then you know the younger generation comes through and. You know, we, we don't want to be on the edge of chaos all the time because there are other people who can be on the edge of chaos and we can just be there to guide and give wisdom and, you know, that, that's, I think that's another phase in our life that will be coming next. But for now, we remain at the edge of chaos and I'm, I'm with you, you know. In Mana, every day we have fires to put out. It looks nice and tranquil here, but behind the scenes, you know, Fires constantly, every day, something. Sick leave, staff didn't show up to work, staff resigned. It's mostly around, around staffing. Um, fridge broke down overnight, so everything's gone, had to be thrown away. Try and fix that fridge when you're about to open your restaurant in, 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 in 10 minutes and you realize that you know, your, your oven's not working. Or, you know. Yeah, and round and round life. and round and every mm. day, every day, every day, especially in F&B because you're constantly producing food fresh seven days a week. The clogs don't stop. We don't have a day off where we can go, okay, right, right, what shall we do now? You know, that's not a privilege we yeah. have. No wonder you enjoy fasting. It's like... Abstaining from food. Yeah, I yeah. know. But it cleans the palate. Yeah, time, and, time um, out. Sharpens the senses. So... I, I designed the menus in Mana, and they're designed in my head and on paper. So during this fast, I designed two menus 
for 2018 where MANA is going to be expanding its offering mm. we're going to shift to other offerings so almost like opening another restaurant but operating from the same kitchen and I did that when I'm fasting mm. because it's brilliant when you're fasting you can taste food you can smell it you and can you're hungry <laughs> you're not hungry you're craving food. Mm. there's no hunger when you're fasting yeah okay. but there's that longing there's that craving so you can almost taste that if you mixed avocado with pink Himalayan salt on rye bread what it would taste like mm. so I always tell chefs if you want to be a great chef you must fast fast not even don't even taste your food nothing mm. and they're like but that's crazy you know and I'll be hungry and I can't work when I'm hungry and like, when you're fasting your body moves into another mechanism it's inherent within us it's it's a yeah. dormant power that lies within the human frame and it's the most powerful tool we have at our disposal mm. you know should you encounter illness or be feeling under the weather or you fast mm. and your body reboots itself mm. and you cleanse you detox but it's a lot more than that it's not just physical relief it's not you just use it losing weight and feeling refreshed and there's a lot more going on mm. you know? and I think it's really good for you to try things it you humbles you haven't tried Absolutely. before as well because it, it humbles you it humbles you it makes you realize how addicted we are to food and our cravings are addictions they're not real mm. why because during the fast you're craving you're craving you smell chips and you go oh my god I can't wait to eat chips <laughs> But mm. when you come off your fast and it's time to eat chips, you're like, oh, I could take it or leave it. You, 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 you cut away your addictions. Mm. It's the most powerful thing and I highly recommend we all fast. Once a year at least, twice or thrice if we can. And it's good to cut away your addictions because uh. they, they, they hold us. You know, whoops, they hold so us she, hostage. I need to hold myself. They hold us hostage. Yeah, you <laughs> so 1989 mm. for me that's the most powerful year in, in, in my my existence as well it, it was mm. a massive turning point for me mm. um, because of this book here by the late Willis Harmon global mind change oh yeah this book I was blessed to have received it and I read it and it connected all the dots for me and everything in this book has come to pass Mm. and it was written in 1988 mm. so I credit Willis Harmon as my inspiration as my teacher as my mm. so talking of turning points when was yours Jenny when was your Eureka moment your first one yes it was yeah so things ha happened very quickly when I went to live in Hong Kong yes. such is the pace of life as they do. So like six dogs and two babies later, living in the house. Um, it was a Chung Yung morning. So it was in October and I went out onto my veranda and I could see smoke. Mm. It was everywhere. There was a fire at the front, there was a fire to the left, there was one behind that, there was another one, there was one behind. So that was the one I couldn't see mm. <clears throat> but then so I, I had no idea what was going on yes 
I sort of had a little thing like, oh, this is why there are no trees, though, because I sort of thought it was just a bit like Scotland, you yeah. know. So then uh, the one at the back was coming down. You. Yeah, and it came, it was coming, I could see it right on top of the hill. So this, I was on my own, so with two babies. So I put oh, a baby, baby on the front and a baby on the back and had flip-flops on, which was a bad idea. I had to come down and change my shoes. But I went up the hill with some brooms and there was the, the grass was very short because mm. there was always fires. Yeah. But I didn't, I hadn't been there when a fire had been there. Mm. Uh, so I put the babies, I had an umbrella too, I got that. I put the babies on rocks. So Adele was holding Angus with the umbrella, very amused while their mother set about Beating the fire. Beating the fire uh, with a, I think I bought a broom and a mop or something ridiculous yeah. like that. And then of course my, my feet were melting a little bit because it was really... So anyway, so and I had this giant mobile phone. So in those days, you know, they were like a brick. So then I... I those, yeah. yeah, and I was calling, you know, 999 and... Uh, and anyway, in the end, the, the helicopter came with the big, so I was, I mean, my daughter always thinks she remembers this giant bucket opening on top of her head while raining down. They dropped water on you? Oh, they dropped water. Did, could they see you? Probably not. I don't really know. Yeah. It's a bit of a, but that was my wow. moment when I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I wanted to bring, back the forest mm. and I wanted to well I joined every green group I joined yeah. Greenland to Association and uh, Lantau Buffalo Movement and you know all the and things in Lantau, Lantau. Yeah, yeah yeah most no the, I joined the working group of the ECC mm. at one stage and then just tried to work on mm. all sorts of wow so problems but my that was back, when my you put your life in danger and yeah and i've right. done that it's probably very yeah yeah i've done that several too. times yeah never wear but what can you do in the heat of the moment no pun intended one does what one has to do and you know you survived and it, it, it was a turning point for you mm. yeah mm, mm. okay that was 19 i oh, was still 89 or was it 1990 that was uh, probably about 90 Oh, it was, would have been October, Yeah, right? it was when the kids were little. Right. In 90, maybe 90, 91, yeah. 91. Yeah, I, I came in 92, November 1992, November 5th. So I celebrate bonfire night with a bonfire every year. And I've done, uh, just clocked 25 years in Hong Kong. So I just had my 24th consecutive bonfire without fail every year on November the 5th doesn't matter if it's a Monday or a Sunday, you know. Mm, mm. Um, and I, I love celebrating um, landmarks, mm. you know. Um, so November the 5th for me is more like a, a birthday and the new year combined in one. Mm. And mm. remembrance is important to remember our cultures, to remember our heritage, 
you know, mm. the, the, the past or a heritage, a culture is very powerful, mm. you know. Yeah, I do that. This and time of year is a for big... For you, probably the same, you know, you celebrate one more year in the valley, right? Yeah. That's a landmark, that's mm. an achievement, that's a milestone. Yeah. And 28 years is the... Full moon. Fourth, yeah, well, it's the fourth set of seven bells yes. in my... So I, de I tend to do things in sevens. Right. So this is Ooh. the end of one era and the beginning of another. Another cycle. Mm. And it, feel, it feels like it too, because I've been having quite a few yeah. Eurekas <laughs> in the last few months. Okay, so yeah. I want to talk about the essence of the feminine and the shift in consciousness that humanity has been going through for a very long time now. And some of us have been aware of it longer than others. Some mm. of us are just waking up to it and realizing, you know, there is a transformation happening. Mm. And there's no doubt that this transformation is is led by the feminine right now. Um, I'm not just talking about emancipation of women and women's rights and women's lib. I'm talking about the essence of the feminine, mm. compassion, nurturing, mother nature, the earth. Um, mm. Holistic thinking, um, connecting all the dots, uh, intuition, mm. right? The, these are, doesn't matter if you're a, a man or a woman, we are utilizing um, the right side of our brain and not just the left side of the brain, which has got us into this mess in the first place. Mm. So what's, what's your feeling about what I just shared um, and, and how you see the feminine and the essence of the feminine? not just in Hong Kong, but globally, and how does it impact what you do through Arc Eden and everything else you do? Mm. What can you share yeah. about well, that? Well, I've, I've just been in India ah, at the India. Uh, International Permaculture Conference and Convergence, hanging out with Vandana Shiva, Brrr. who is... Wow. Yeah. Yes. Amazing, amazing, amazing. Wow. And it was quite nice because I ran a camp just before I went away with, the, with some secondary school students. And we talked quite a lot about Vandana Shiva and thinking about the role of women. And this conference in India was very much, well, say physically, about women really taking part the women mm. the women farmers are playing a very large part mm. you know particularly because of what's happened in India to the mm. farmers and all the suicides mm. because of the big industrial mm. companies and the whole thing about patenting the seed so I mean that's what Bandada Shiva yes. is standing for yes. you know the sovereignty of the seed yes. which is very women absolutely and her band of women who Eco warriors. are very, yeah, she is such a powerful, eloquent. Had you met before? No. Uh, Hence you're inspired by seeds. I'm always, in, yeah. you know, I just love, I mean seeds, I'm just, uh, I think I plant things in my sleep, actually, which is a bit worrying. <laughs> uh, May your dreams come true. <laughs> <but> they, <laughs> yeah, and just bringing back, but the whole, the whole idea, I mean, one of the biggest things that happened to me with my garden was, you know, because I, 
it is a completely beautiful place where I live. Mm. But I sit in my garden and I'm a little bit like, mm, you know, we need to do this, we need to do that. And, but I decided one day that's, I, I keep criticizing, criticizing my garden. You know, I need to just come down and tell the garden how beautiful it is. Indeed. And how, and this was another big changing moment for me because this was about a year ago. I wanted to stop flicking bugs. Because <laughs> I, I love them, but now I get a leaf and I, so that was my two things. It seems quite small. But the garden has just been yeah. the most bountiful. Yes. And it's the thing about, like if you have children, you, you, you mustn't slander them, even in your head. You have to trust them. Mm. And so then it was like trusting the bug, you know, not to bite you, give it enough time to, you know, trusting the garden to grow, trusting the children, trusting the people. So it's this, you, you have it in your heart. If trust you really is a, have is a it, then. It's a feminine element, isn't it? Trust. I do, I, yeah. I, I think so. I, I'm not sure. But it's, yeah. the, it's that essence now that you I mean all we really have to do is believe yeah. it's you know I mean to me that Trust. it's all going to be all right yeah. you know and then that there will be enough time that yeah. uh, I like the point you mentioned about admiring our work as opposed to criticizing our work because there always is work to do the same in Gaia Valley I, I go to Gaia Valley and go, oh my god, that fence needs fixing. Oh my god, what happened to the papaya trees, you know? As opposed to learning, and we have to learn this, going, wow, I'm, I see the beauty. I admire the beauty. Mm. I feel the beauty. I take pride in what I've accomplished or we've accomplished. Mm. But we need to train our minds to do that mm. because there's always work to do. Mm. Never not I know, be it will never run out. Um, but just coming back to the essence of the feminine. Mm. Um, so that nurturing yes. love, yes, no matter what, is very important. Yes. You know, you can... You know, it's also important to, you know, if something's going wrong, to be able to point out because that's compassionate too. Yes. But if you are, f are holding that nurturing essence, it's very easy for you also to, you know, act in a in a proactive way like that. Mm. Yeah. So I mean, this is this my, this was my, one of my big yeah. learnings. Yeah. My my favorite three words in the English language, besides cup of tea or let's put the kettle on, <laughs> is trust. Mm. And the second one is trust. And the third one is trust, mm. with a capital T. Mm. Because without trust, we have no control. Mm. To wake up in the morning and trust what will be, will be. What will happen, will happen. And I will be there to greet it, come what may. Mm. And to trust that this is my destiny and this is what I need to do and this is coming to me so I can grow and learn and teach others 
right? That's what they say for and sure. How can you learn trust? I'm not sure it's something that can be taught. I think trust has to come from a deep insight and from our power of intuition, our muscle of intuition. Mm. And I think trust comes through experience, which has grown into knowledge, which is on the way to becoming wisdom. Mm. Because the wise trust. And if you look at all the great people, they've all had that trust, mm. come what may. Mm. And that's what helped them change the world. It's not PhDs or it's not money in the bank. Mm. It's their trust mm. in God, in Mother Universe. Mm. In their in, sense of belonging. In, in the essence of, of, of consciousness. Mm. Um, but I, something that popped into my mind, and this is one of my favorite quotes here. Would you like to read it? Perhaps the only limits to the human mind are those we believe in. If we believe we are God, we are God. If we believe we can create heaven on earth, we create heaven on earth. And I think it's whatever, this is what I say to my students, is whatever empowers you, then believe in it. You know, if something is True making that. you feel stronger yeah. and more, because there's a lot of anxiety, right, with a lot of these young people. And yeah. Yeah, whatever really is holding them, then cool. Jenny, tell let me a little bit them. about your work with the English School Foundations and the role you played there, and um, perhaps <clears throat> a little bit about Ark Eden, just overall. Yeah. So, and, and anything yeah. else you're, you're <laughs> passionately involved with, you know? <laughs> yeah. Let's start with Archeden because that's where it started, right? Or no, actually, it? no, it started with... Well, Archeden, I, I was still... I'm Archeden began in the house that I'm in. Right. But I... So I had different phases. The first... I, I started a kindergarten. I oh. ran a kindergarten for a while in Lantau. And then I... My children were bigger, so then I joined international school and then uh, the English School Foundation. And then really there wasn't as much... As a teacher? As a teacher, mm. as primary four. Mm. I have to always be a teacher where the children are a little bit smaller than me. Right. No, just joking, I teach quite big children. Uh, and then there wasn't much happening environmentally at all no. at ESF. School fan. So I created it. Mm. Uh, I mean, I did things like bringing plants in. I just bring every day from the valley a little plant would come in, yeah. you know, in the office, in the bathroom, in the. My principal used to say, Oh my God, Mrs. Quinton. He used to call me Mrs. Quinton, although I wasn't Mrs. Quinton. Uh, you know, I can't get through these hanging vines. It was like the rain because I had to Ooh, create the this. I had to create the rainforest every September in the classroom. <laughs> So then I became, eventually I became the chair of the environment group. Right. And then uh, trying to put all the different environmental systems into the school. So I'm very proud that 17 years... On your own years, accord, without an agenda, right? Yeah, this no, it's because it was quite funny, because after about two years, the principal said, you know, we should give Jenny a post because right. she's done all this work 
and I think I'd won a few awards or something. And then, uh, but they did things like give me science, and then I'd have to go to science meetings, mm. and then I would have to give a, a staff review at the staff meeting, and I. You know, I used to say, look, I really can't do this very well because I yes. can't do science. <laughs> so, and then I was health, you know, and then I was personal social. So I said one day, you know, can I just be the environmental rep? Yeah. And they said, oh, but we, you know, we don't have one. But now English School Foundation, there is an environmental rep in just yeah. about every school. That's what you eventually did, right? So that's what, yeah. So, and then we, yeah, we had conferences, so every year. So then I left our, uh, ESF after nine years because... What year is this now, roughly? 2006. Oh, okay. And that was really because I didn't think... There's two reasons. One, I didn't think environment really could work inside. Mm. You had to go outside. You right. had to be in nature. Yes. So my thing was, because uh, I'd invented all these field trips for other people to do, mm. I suddenly thought, well, actually, I could do those field trips because mm. I, you know, have invented them. And so I, I know. Well, eventually, yes. that was what it became. Although it was never supposed to be the house. I did have another, I was looking for buildings. In mm. fact, my, my, my dream was all those old rural schools and those old villages mm. and everything all over Hong Kong. You know, these could yes. be field centers. Yes. These could be, uh, you know, if we, you know. Th gems. Yes, yeah. and actually they could all have different, a different essence. So one in the hills could be for the trees, one by the sea mm. could be for marine, one mm. in an organic farm could be like a whole enterprise mm. of, of farming and the mm. restaurant and, you know, we could just create anything yes. we wanted yes. it could be as wildly crazy Indeed. and creative as we and and children could actually learn the skills that they need to learn first hand yeah so uh, I was actually looking at particularly at the beginning at old rural schools I was mm. plotting and planning in my mm. brain mm. I didn't although I didn't have a plan I actually only had one program <laughs> I only had one program that I thought I was going to run but I realized when I started, I made up 25, you know, in the first year, because people would say things like, you know, do you do organic farming? And I would say, mm, yes. quick, make an organic farm. <laughs> yeah, and just yeah. like that, yeah. And mm. eventually you managed to get most of the old buildings in, in the valley, right? Uh, you st so you now still have we, them across the stream? Yeah, so now, yeah, we've got three. Right. We've got three, and we more or less using, yeah, the rest. So for a while, I was running, I was the environmental chair for ESF, 10 years after leaving, just really because Chris Durban kept saying, Jenny, one more year. Mm. And I would say, just one more year, one more year, yes, one more year, and then we'd go on like this. And yes. it was great because yes. Actually, it's very hard for someone in-house to do that job because it is very big. Even I would well, say I do. Job. It's, oh, it's, it's a massive job. Oh, it's a massive. It's a massive job. It's a huge ship, ESF. Yeah. And, and it's to, to, to actually a, have a post that is an environmental officer, so to speak, is already a breakthrough, mm. right? Because not long ago there was no such thing. You know, yeah. the environment. I mean, now then there is no one on that post us. now. Oh, actually. really? Yeah, because I I stopped doing it, and it's. 
But there oh, is. Okay. Yeah. That's that's odd. Yeah, there should be someone at mm. the top in mm. that organization. It's yes. too big for them not to have somebody, and not three days a month. Someone who, I mean, even if you had a full-time job, you could be working. Yeah. And dawn till dusk. tell me about the trees you've been planting over the years. Yeah. Has it mostly been in, around the valley and in, in the hills above, in Lantau? Yeah, yes. yeah. Well, so I started planting trees when the fires as came. soon as when the fires came. But then I didn't realize I was planting non-natives. Right, we all but did that. We all did that, yeah. Mm. And, and they kept burning down. I think I was with CLP or something one year when uh, someone said, have you planted trees? here before and I meant Hong Kong but yeah. actually I planted trees three times on that same site that was the third time because mm. both times they burnt down so when I said yes twice before I meant twice before here <laughs> where right. we're yes. so they kept burning for quite a long time but then I worked with Paul Melson who is a marvelous tree planter on Lantau how is he these days he's okay he has a lot to do yes because uh, it's a big job because he's mm. planting on top of a cemetery of course mm. so he lost a few years ago he lost like five years worth of his work someone deliberately burned them down well he would i mean often it's carelessness yeah but i don't know i mean yes. he yeah he he but he, yeah, it was a shame because yeah. he, he, the government also have created a big fire break to protect, but the fire had gone round the side of the fire break. And, up on, and on that particular day, we were up on the hills fighting fire, but we were fighting because we're on the, in the same valley. Paul yeah. is one end and we're the other end. Mm. So we were actually stopping the fire get to our side. Yeah. So, um, but actually, you know, one of the dangers is these Chinese lanterns that are illegal, yes. but you can buy them at any shop. Mm. I mean, just one of those lanterns landing on the trees mm. up there and mm. all of our life's work would be gone. So do you want to yeah, put a two, plug to not two use Two times those? a year where, you know, my blood pressure goes up. Cheng Yun and... Um, Ching Ming. Ching Ming, famous Ching Ming. And both times of the year, uh, there's, you know, threat of fire because it's been dry, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, it's every, every year, it's, it's that those two days come and I, you know, I, I pray for... Rain. Awareness or rain, um, you know, and touch wood on, on Lama, we've done very well. We haven't had a fire up in, up in the forest, Lama forest, since... Uh, since 1978. We started planting the Lama Forest in 1997 mm. and then I had a eureka moment and realized that if we come back the next year and plant trees in the same area instead of going to Quarry Bay or Lantau and then the year after that and we consistently plant trees in one area lo and behold one day there'll be a forest. So that was another small Eureka moment for me. But then 1989 came along, it was October, and 
careless um, family. Just not eight, 1998-1998-1998-1998-1998-1998-1998-1998-1998-1998-1998-1998-1998-1998-1998-1998-1998-1998-1998-1998-1998-1998-1998-1998-1998-1998-1998-1998-1998-1998-1998-1998-1998-1